Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs, and in this next segment, we want to honor Black History Month. And at the same time, we want to highlight the life-empowering skills that veterans receive from going back to school. Now, I recently spoke with Dr. Gregory Fowler, the president of the University of Maryland Global Campus, and he recently published an insightful article, The Power of Education in Black America and Beyond. Fowler shows how throughout history, education has been the launching point for veterans to find new skills and life-changing success. It is one of those things that when I started thinking back on this conversation, I love that you uh, mentioned the idea of skills. And one of the things I spend a lot of time with our team on is saying, ultimately, when we talk about learning, if you're really talking about it at the right level, people are trying to gain new skills or abilities that they didn't have when they came to you in the first place. And we as an organization need to be able to say either we are helping you with that or we're not. And so when I wrote this blog, I was thinking about all the times in Black history where the focus was on the way to actually increase or enhance what we uh, want to be um, as both people and as a race is around gaining new skill sets. Um, And what are the ways that we are going to go about doing that? And education has always been at the core of that. And it's one of the reasons why during the civil rights movement, so many of our leaders come out of either schools or out of the ministry, because for a long period of time in black history, those were the two groups that were allowed to lead and read. One of the things that when I teach African-American history, one of the things I used to talk about was it, it is no coincidence that many of the soldiers who were overseas during World War II operating in a very different type of environment then came home and helped to lead the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 1960s. The military played a huge role in helping equip them with what they needed to do to be a part of that larger, longer conversation as well. And, and you know, the bedrock of it really being, I mean, it, when your life is depending on the man to your right or left, I mean, it really doesn't matter who they are, how they grow up. Yes. <laughs> you got to you, you gotta live. You got to survive the fight. And uh, yes. that's a really neat unifying aspect about our service. And again, about the education you guys provide. You mentioned Dr. King. Something I learned from this blog post was Dr. King noted, for example, that the poor joined the military in part to change their lives and as a result died disproportionately 
in war uh, at the time of his assassination. He was actually planning the poor people's march on Washington. No, I think in a couple of ways, and you certainly see King talking about this in uh, Vietnam, not just him, but a number of people, Cassius Clay and Muhammad Ali, um, had a huge conversation about how the the war was something that played out tied tied to the race relations issue. But with King, what he was trying to say is, we're sending disproportionately poor people over to Vietnam to die, making decisions from people who are politicians back here um, who aren't sending their kids because they don't have to. Um, the military has long been a vehicle economically for people to try to change their lives, which is one of the reasons why UMGC, again, has such an affinity to them. It is an amazing thing that he talks about in one of his last sermons. Um, and again, everybody remembers King in 1963, and I have a dream. But it was like, you know, King lived another five years after that. You know, when he got into the protests with the war in Vietnam, when he was, uh, of course, working with the Poor People's March in 1967-68. Um, but one of the things he notes is once when he and some of his colleagues were in jail, he started talking to his jailers and found out just how little money they made and how, you know, how cruel the system had been to them. And his point was, you need to be over here marching with us. Because the system's not doing any favors to you either. Um, and he recognized that the economic issues were a big part of equality and, and justice as we we're trying to deal with it. And again, that goes across racial lines in a way that really does make a difference. Hmm. And in a day and age when it's so easy to be divisive, it's so easy to be compartmentalized and separating each other into groups and categories. That is just a beautiful, beautiful statement and, and, and the thought in the right place. Uh, it's also beautiful how you wove in the story of a U.S. Navy veteran, Ginger Miller, earned a master's degree in management back in 2013 from UMGC. But really, her story is that of being married to a fellow veteran who was struggling with some PTSD and actually even overcoming homelessness at one point. Tell me a little bit about her story. Oh, I love Ginger. I get to see her from time to time at various events because she's very active and in a tribute to, you know, some of the things that both the military and just life teaches us is always willing to come back and try to help someone else along. So we hear we use her story on a number of occasions. She's always, like I said, willing to come in and talk about the fact that there was this period in her life where um, she had to make some decisions about leave her husband or um, uh, not. And if, if I stay with my husband, then, then what's our economic situation going to be? And she says, I'm not obviously going to leave my husband. Um, but it meant that they had to go through a homeless period of time. Um, he, of course, was suffering with a number of various issues. And she, they stuck through it. And now, of course, she has completed her degree, um, has been appointed by the White House um, to a board of directors. I mean, she has, her story is just an amazing one. But again, tied to that idea of how education can transform where you are over a period of time. And she, we are very proud to be part of that story, but extremely happy that she's an example of how she can actually use that education to uh, advance herself and her family. Just an absolutely wonderful uh, individual. Board of Directors with the USO Board of Governors. Yes. And yes. there through the USO, she's able to touch military people that are coming through the same experience she is. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm going to do. My MOS is not a job description on LinkedIn right now. How do I do this? For a lot of students trying to figure out, I don't know if I'm going to have, I'm not, I don't know if I'm college material. I don't know how I'm going to do this type of thing. It's really hard to make this transition in our lives. One of the things we are trying to do at UMGC is create what I call the sort of Sherpa, 
the person who's going to walk with you along the way and help you figure out when you are trying to climb that mountain, what do you need? How do we help you do that? How do we prepare you for things as you continue to move forward? Um, that's something that I think really is a unique trait that we're trying to do because a lot of people do say, you know, this has been my whole life. I'm not totally sure how to take that and move it forward. The more we're able to help them verbalize that and see, you know, crystallize those things into skill sets that in many cases they already have. One of the things we're talking about with a lot of the military is if you have people who have these skills, who've gotten a certain rank or who've done things, how do we translate that? into something that's a credential that they can then take forth and use somewhere else. So it's very unlikely that someone who has been an officer in the military needs to come here and take a class in organizational leadership. But there may be ways that we can actually credential them so that they can take those things and move forward um, in a way that gives them a new job opportunity, allows them again to transform their lives. So there are all types of ways that education happens. You know, we talk about lifelong learning. And the reality is most of the things we learn in life don't happen in a formal classroom. But what we can do at an institution like UMGC is take that learning and say, we can certify that they have those things because we, you know, evaluated where they got them and they are ready now to move forward. Uh, we see that a lot with um, people who are in, for example, cybersecurity fields who do this all the time for the military, but don't necessarily have the degree. Um, and then so when they get out to get that job, they've got to have that degree. How can we accelerate that? How can we give them credit for the things they've been doing so they can move rapidly into what um, will happen next? So it, it changes. Changes their lives. And again, going back to this idea of class and economics, it gives them an ability to have new buying power, new jobs, new careers that will change, hopefully, again, the lives of their entire families. That's kind of really what I loved about the cut of this jib. If you want to read this entire article, again, the article is The Power of Education in Black America and Beyond. Go to umgc.edu. But most sincerely, thank you for writing it, Dr. Gregory Fowler, president of University of Maryland Global Campus. Come on back anytime you got more to say about helping us find our Sherpa and get to the top of that mountain. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Now, if you want to read more about the article we discussed, check out the blog page at umgc.edu. I'm Phil Briggs, and I'll be back again next week with more great stories on CBS Eye on Veterans. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Eye on Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.